At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show. For two hours, they ran out of lemonade, they made 200 bucks. Now, I was impressed, but also like, man, is this setting these kids up to fail? Like, are they gonna think everything is this easy? And so anyway, now my entrepreneur juices are flowing. I'm like, hey, we should like uh, make cookies and muffins and let's double production, you know, and so all this stuff. And uh, I overheard Sophia. The success had gotten to Sophia's head a little bit. And so she's talking to her siblings and she said, guys, dad is trying to give us business advice. We make more money than he does. And, and so, love Sophia, but her, her siblings were like, hey, maybe dad knows a thing or two. So anyway, they kept it going and the success uh, was quite impressive and, and quite fun. Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today's episode is different because this is a live recording from an event I did in Austin, Texas, in front of about 1200 D2C brands and Amazon sellers on five untapped growth opportunities that you are likely missing. This presentation was a lot of fun. I got rave reviews. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'll talk about three big marketing mistakes that are holding you back. We have the privilege of auditing hundreds of D2C brands, Google and Amazon and YouTube accounts every year. And so it gives us really clear insight into what separates the best from the rest. I'm going to talk about that. Also share kind of a fun and humorous and insightful story about my kids lemonade stand. As many of you know, I do have eight kids. I dive into that a little bit, but we get into performance max. We talk about a way to look at branded search campaigns that you're probably not doing now. We talk about uh, how to tap into Amazon number one traffic source and their number one source of, of new customers and lots of other good stuff. So please enjoy my presentation on five untapped growth opportunities. SellerCon, what is up? Hey, I think we should do something really quickly. How many of you guys are enjoying Justice Marimi? Isn't that guy like full of energy? Give it up for Justice Marimi. Love that guy, love that guy. I want him to do all of my intros forever. That guy is fantastic. So I love what Matt Clark said yesterday, that just one idea, one strategy, one connection, and I really encourage you to focus on that, can add millions of dollars in sales to your business and can change the trajectory of your business. So my goal is I hope to give you at least a few of those ideas right now. Now, my guess is of these five strategies, these five untapped strategies, you're likely missing possibly all five. Or if you're using them, I bet you're only using a few and I bet you're not fully leveraging them. So I believe to grow like nobody else is growing, you got to do what nobody else 
is doing. And so that's what I'm gonna help you do today. As Justice said, I do run an agency, team of 73, one of the top spenders on YouTube ads. We manage about 100 million a year in ad spend. So I got a lot of data, got a lot of data to pull from as I share these ideas and these strategies. Got a full Amazon department. So I'll talk mostly about D to C growth, but I'm also gonna mix in some Amazon growth as we go. We do Amazon DSP, one of the fastest growing agencies there. And so we're gonna get after it. I also work with some great brands like Native Deodorant, Overtone, Boom by City Joseph, Organifi, a bunch of others. And so I had the privilege of working with some pretty great folks. But in addition to running a large agency, what I'm also known for is just having a whole bunch of kids. So this is my wife and I. If you don't have the time to count, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, do you have a lot of kids? Okay, kids are great. Kids are great. So we have eight. And uh, not a blended family, no adoptions, just old-fashioned growth. And so if you want to learn how to scale a family or scale a business, I'm potentially your guy. So I'll talk to you. Uh, but I always, people always look at this picture and like, oh man, your kids are adorable. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you don't know them. And, uh, uh, but in all seriousness, we, we love it. We wanted a big family, then we just overachieved. And so, so this, is what we, this is what we ended up with. Would not change it, would not change it for anything. It is chaos but it's beautiful chaos. And I think that's what it's like being an entrepreneur, running a brand, managing all these things, inventory and ads and all this crazy stuff, employees and emotions and stuff. It's beautiful chaos. And so that's where I live. I wanna tell a quick story to get us started, sets the stage for where we're gonna go and it's kind of cute and entertaining. So that's my daughter, Sophia. If you're thinking, she's a little sassy. Uh, you are correct. You have a good, a keen eye. Uh, she gets it from her grandmother, that's my mother-in-law, Tammy. Uh, and so a few years ago, the kids came to me and they said, hey dad, we're gonna open a lemonade stand. Now, we don't have the worst spot for a lemonade stand, but it's not the best. We live on five acres, we do have neighbors. The road in front of our house is relatively busy. People don't slow down for our driveway unless they're coming over to visit. But I'm an entrepreneur, I love the life lesson, so I'm like, yes, let's do a lemonade stand. Now, this is not a picture of the lemonade stand. I was so uninspired by the lemonade stand that they did produce that I did not take a picture, apparently. Uh, it's like table and an umbrella and handmade signs. You know, cute lemonade stand stuff. So I remember doing stuff like this in my neighborhood, and I don't know if I just had like all the realists in my neighborhood, but they're like, hey, we, we can't give these kids' expectations too high, right? Here's a nickel for your lemonade. We made like 50 cents or something. So my kids get started on the lemonade stand, and like two minutes in, they set up shop for two minutes. Sophia comes running in and said, Dad, someone gave me a $5 bill and, and didn't ask for change. I'm like, cool, all right, well, that's probably your day, so that's good, you're, you're, get after it, you know? She comes back a little later, Dad, I got a 20, and then one change. I'm like, this is interesting. What, what are you guys, like, what does the sign say? What, what, what are you advertising here? And then later, it's like 40 bucks, and this just kept going for two hours. They ran out of lemonade, they made 200 bucks. Now, I was impressed, but also like, man, is this setting these kids up to fail? Like, are they gonna think everything is this easy? And so anyway, now my entrepreneurial juices are flowing. I'm like, hey, we should like uh, make cookies and muffins and let's double production, you know, and so all this stuff. And uh, I overheard Sophia. The success had gotten to Sophia's head a little bit. And so she's talking to her siblings and she said, guys, dad is trying to give us business advice. We make more money than he does. <laughs> and, and so, love Sophia, but her, her siblings were like, hey, maybe dad knows a thing or two. So anyway, they kept it going and the success uh, was quite impressive and, and quite fun. So 
the reason I share that story is I believe as we unpack these five strategies, you could take Sophia's approach and be like, eh, I'll just kind of do what I'm going to do and you'll achieve some success. Or you could go all in on these things, really absorb the advice, and I think you can take it to some pretty impressive levels. So we're talking mostly about YouTube and Google and some other related stuff, but I want to take just a minute, set the stage, talk about how we've never seen anything like Google in the history of marketing. So every day, a billion shopping experiences across Google. So that includes YouTube, display, Gmail, search, shopping, all of that. A billion shopping experiences every day. 86% of people touch Google in their shopping journey. Even if they're going to buy on Amazon, they still often touch Google on the way. And let's talk YouTube for a minute. 90% of the US population watching YouTube, talk to your kids, talk to your parents. They're all using YouTube. And what's really crazy is that the average session duration is about 42 minutes. So people are spending time on YouTube. It's a great place to interrupt and share your message and drive new customers. And Prime time is becoming really personalized. How many of you guys watch YouTube on TV? Not YouTube TV, but the YouTube app on the, on the television set? Yep, yep. So that is the fastest growing platform. So I bet if you observe your kids, like my teenagers, if they're watching TV in the evenings, they're usually watching one of their YouTube, favorite YouTube creators. So that's the fastest growing platform. And more people watch YouTube during prime time than any cable network. About 70% of people say they bought something that they first learned about on YouTube. And about half of people that are on YouTube are bouncing back and forth between YouTube and search. So they see something interesting on YouTube, now they've got their phone and they're searching for that and exploring a little bit more. So the two pair together really nicely. Now, quick case study, I'll share more as we go, but Boom was largely a Facebook-driven business. So mostly acquiring new customers from Facebook. We launched YouTube top of funnel, really beefed up what they were doing on Google and grew top line 30% and achieved some about 200% growth on Google. Now the combination of Google and YouTube is their number two source of new customers. And it, it continues to, to grow the brand. So before we get into the five tips, I want to talk about three mistakes that could absolutely trip you up, hold you back, squash all of these five strategies from working. So. Three mistakes, let's dive in. First one, forcing campaigns or channels to work outside their strengths or expecting channels to work outside their strengths. So every channel is different. YouTube is not search. Display is not shopping. They're all different and they have different strengths. But on occasion, even as well-meaning marketers, we can end up like this guy. Now. I don't know what this guy was thinking. I don't know if he just convinced himself this is okay to do with a Lamborghini. I don't own a Lambo. I don't pretend to own one on Instagram either. But I know there's some Italian sports car lovers that weep when they see this picture. This is not okay. And so I don't know if he just overextended himself and he's like, I gotta make this Lambo pay for itself. Uh, but that doesn't work, right? That is not, that's not cool. Let's talk about YouTube and Google Shopping for a minute. How many people are running ads on Google Shopping? That's actually not very many, so that's good opportunity for you. So Google Shopping is to Google what sponsored products are to Amazon. They just work, right? This is like the Toyota truck 
of advertising. You mistreat it, you don't change the oil, you don't care for it, it's just, it's just gonna work, right? You, you can optimize and make it better, but it's just gonna work. Now, YouTube, on the other hand, is a little trickier. It's like the Italian sports car, you gotta really take care of it, it's gonna need some maintenance, you gotta love it a little bit. You can't treat it like a Chevy Silverado like the guy in the previous image. Uh, but, but it can unlock scale and speed and growth. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, some buddies of mine ran all the media for Purple Mattress and they grew to over 150 million in, in sales top line, largely from YouTube and they were not VC backed. They did this all on their own. Dr. Squatch, love this brand. They grew from 3 million to 150 million a year run rate largely driven by ads. I know the agency that does their creative, Raindrop Agency, shout out to the guys there, but huge growth there. Organifi, we helped with YouTube there, but they grew to over 100 million in sales, largely from top of funnel ads. Okay, mistake number two. Not understanding that campaigns work together. This is a team sport. I love sports, I coach basketball. We wanna look at individual statistics, right? How are individual players, how are individual campaigns performing? But the collective performance is what matters. It's a team sport. So if we look at the shopping journey, someone goes from trigger to now they're shopping and evaluating, trying to decide what to, to buy, whether they're exploring, looking at all their options or evaluating, going deep on something, we've got a chance to interrupt with the right message at the right time but all of these things work together. So know that it's a team sport and measure accordingly. And then number three, not getting the proper mix of uh, AI plus smart humans. So we're not going fully auto, not fully black box, where it's like we're just trusting the machine to do whatever it wants, but we're also not saying fully manual as well. Because when you've got the combination, you got smart humans driving good strategy, you got more leverage, more speed, it just works. And the cool thing is, Google has had the best AI scientists since like 2015. So the back end of their smart bidding and their targeting and their in-market audiences and cool stuff like that, AI is powering that and it's really, really good. Okay, so let's dive in. Five untapped growth opportunities. We'll go quickly, but we'll still uh, spend en enough time. So first one is Performance Max. Show of hands, how many of you guys are running Performance Max ads? I see like seven hands or something like that. Okay, great. This is a pretty divisive topic. I'm in a lot of e-commerce forums and I hear people call this performance meh instead of performance max, right? And so up to date, we've spent about five to six million on this platform and with almost overwhelmingly positive results. Now, when I first learned about this platform, I actually, I hated the idea. I'm a Google fan, right? We're a Google partner agency. I, I go to the Google offices frequently. I talk to people there a lot. I'm very transparent with my feelings. I said, I hate this. I hate this idea. So basically what it is, all seven of these channels, search, shopping, Gmail, display, discovery, and maps if you're local, all in one campaign. So usually you'd have to set up seven different campaigns to reach these channels, but with this, you give Google your assets, your ads and your headlines and things like that, and they'll run ads in all these channels. So when I first heard about it, I thought this is terrible. I thought this is gonna be, there's gonna be no control, no room to be creative, it's just not gonna work. But to my surprise and delight, there actually is a lot you can do with these campaigns, a lot you can manipulate, and a lot of ways you can be creative. And so we'll kind of break that down. Uh, so why did Google create this? I believe it's primarily for these two reasons. One, this is the perfect environment for AI and machine learning to go wild because now the machine can do all that it wants to do across all these channels and across all these shoppers, and they'll find you 
new customers. Also, Google has a lot of unsold inventory. I know these are pictures of boxes. I'm actually talking about unsold ad inventory. So the Google Display Network covers like 90% of the web. YouTube has basically unlimited inventory. And Google is saying, hey, you don't really know how to utilize YouTube and you don't really know how to utilize the Display Network, but we do. So give us your assets and we'll take care of the rest. However, you can't just say, oh, here's like a sloppy headline or here's kind of a lame video and machine, you're magic, right? You just, you can find people. Like people will buy no matter what I say. That is not true. So it requires your best assets. So on the left there, that's uh, True Earth laundry detergent strips. We helped them launch on, on Google and on YouTube. That video scaled to over 100 million profitable paid views and just continues to drive new customers. But in the middle, even the OG, even search, search ads that a lot of people forget about because they're not sexy and they're not new. Those work, but you gotta have a good headline, a headline that grabs people and a description that makes people wanna click. And so you've gotta still have good assets. And if you wanna succeed on the display network, you gotta have good images. Uh, but most of Performance Max is actually this, Google Shopping. So 60 to 80% of your spend will be in Google Shopping. And so you wanna optimize your images and kind of the way they look. That, that's pretty appealing, right? That's overtone, coloring conditioner makes you wanna click. All right, couple of results. So this is a subscription product, large LTV, great stick rate. Uh, so they were getting just right about a 2x return on ad spend. That may sound low to you. That was great for them. We quickly scaled Performance Max from zero to about $10,000 a day, and they were thrilled. Finding new customers. Automotive client, automotive accessories, big shopping client. Spent a lot of money on Google Shopping. So when we switched to Performance Max from their old shopping campaigns, we improved impressions and clicks and volume and improved ROAS. So more sales at a more efficient return. Now this part's a little bit nerdy. I'll go kind of quickly through this. Uh, if you're primarily growing on Amazon, you can't run feed traffic or Google Shopping traffic to Amazon. You can search, we'll talk about that in a minute. But you can actually remove the feed from your Performance Max and then you can use Performance Max to grow directly on Amazon. That's more advanced. I wouldn't suggest you start there. A couple of bottom line things. If you're running Performance Max and it's not a top campaign for you, then something's wrong. If it's not driving the most conversions and likely the best ROAS, then something is wrong. And so it ultimately comes down to these three things, success on Performance Max. Right audiences, right? So Google knows who to target, who your ideal shopper is, the right assets, the right creatives like we talked about, and then the right campaign structure. Now, we could spend all day, we could do an entire course on Performance Max, but here's the good news. I actually did make a course and you get it for free. And so that's something that we, uh, we're giving to everybody. So if you're like, I don't even know, still understand Performance Max. So we do like a three hour training. We sell it for 400 bucks. That's not like a made up price. That's what we actually sell it for. And you get it for free. So it's gonna be emailed to you afterwards. Here you go. So uh, Performance Max, I'm telling you, it's the future of Google Ads. You gotta dig in, so enjoy the course. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com 
and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show. Next one, Google to Amazon. A lot of people don't know this, but Amazon's number one source of traffic is Google. And Google's largest advertiser, the company that spends the most money on Google ads is Amazon. And so if Amazon is spending money on Google ads and you're not, then that means they know something that you don't, right? Which is this. There are millions of people every day that search for products on Amazon, but they do it on Google. Doesn't make any sense really, but that's the way it works. A lot of people think the internet begins with Google. Like that's just where they start, that's where they go to make a search. And so this is just a, a snapshot of people searching for mattresses. Mattresses, Amazon, over a million searches there. Now, a couple of benefits. If you send Google search traffic to Amazon, we know that Amazon loves external traffic. Amazon loves it when you send traffic that wasn't already on Amazon to Amazon, especially if it converts. Now, if you're like us, where we're running sponsored products and sponsored brand and sponsored brand ads, we're running DSP for remarketing, then you put Google to Amazon in there, it just makes everything better, right? So Google to Amazon is a very effective little addition to what you're doing. Now, I want to show an example. So this is the, the Google search suggest, right? So I type in protein powder and then I stopped and you see the number one suggestion is protein powder Amazon, because that's what Google thinks I'm probably gonna type next, protein powder on Amazon. Now, if you were to click on the ad, if Amazon was running an ad for that keyword, which they usually are, and you click on that ad from Amazon to an Amazon page, where would you land? What page would you land on? Well, you would land on a page kind of like this, a page that's littered with ads, right? All these sponsored projects. So Amazon's playing a brilliant game, guys. They're paying for clicks on Google, then they're sending people to a category page where they're running their ads, and they know people are likely to click one or two or maybe multiple ads, they're getting a lot of their money back. But the issue there is your traffic's going to a page where all your competitors hang out. So if you control the ad, if you run the ad, which you can do, and then you can send people directly to your storefront or directly to your product listing. Now you've got the chance to really sell that shopper. Now, this may not be a complete game changer for your business. We have some brands that spend a couple thousand a month on Google to Amazon, and it's like a nice little incremental bump. We have other brands that spend 100, 150 a month on Google to Amazon, and it works, right? It grows ranking, it grows sales, it just, it just works. So Google, Amazon, a great strategy. Strategy number three. This is one that's gotten a lot of bad press lately. Again, I hear a lot of people getting angry, getting upset, getting visceral about this one, but branded search. Some people saying, I will never pay for my own brand name, right? I've already earned that, so I'm not paying Google, I'm not paying Amazon for my branded keyword. But I think there's maybe a, an alternative perspective. Love this quote, this is from Mark Pritchard. He's the, uh, he's a guy from PNG. And he said, hey, one of the best ways to measure our success is by the number of people searching for our brand. And when that happens for you, when you're no longer just converting sales off of sponsored product ads, but people are looking for your brand name, they're keying in your brand to Google or to Amazon, that's a really special time, right? You're no longer just selling stuff, now you're a real brand. And that's where real value comes in later, bigger exits, bigger momentum, lots of good stuff happen. But I don't think you should just go nuts on branded search. So how many of you guys think branded search is a waste? You're like, well, I'm not gonna say that now. Uh, how many think branded search is maybe just a necessary evil? Uh, okay. How many don't wanna raise your hand? Sweet, okay, awesome. Uh, so this is the way we do it. I don't know any other agency that does it this way. This, this applies to Google. Uh, we like to separate brand. 
So we like to think about, hey, if someone's never done business with us, if they've never bought from us, never shopped from us, we're treating that like a new customer. So even if they're searching us for by name, searching for us by name, they saw a YouTube ad, they saw a Facebook ad, they're searching for us by name, but they've never bought before, I wanna make sure I'm showing up for that person because there's no chance, there's no guarantee they're gonna buy from you. You're not Nike, right? There's no guarantee you're gonna close that sale. For, so for new customers searching for you by brand, we wanna target them. If it's someone who's shopped for, with you before or they've bought from you before, maybe we don't bid at all or maybe we just bid for efficiency. But we do wanna show up for branded search. It is a bit of a necessary evil. You also wanna watch that branded search grow as you do cool organic things, you run YouTube ads or Facebook ads. You can see that branded search grow, which is really important data. So we like to separate the two. All right, growth strategy number four, remarketing and loyalty campaigns. Remarketing, this is something that like everybody is doing but everybody is pretty bad at it. it, it you know, we audit hundreds of, can, uh, hundreds of accounts every year and remarketing is usually there, it just usually sucks. And so what we recommend here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote Dan Kennedy again, right? Devin mentioned this yesterday, but it's a really good quote. The company that can afford to spend the most not the least, but the most on ads wins. Now, the reason for that, this is not like advice to just start blowing money or spending recklessly or just spend, baby, spend, it'll all come in. But the idea is, are ad costs going up or down? They're going up, right? Is competition going up or down? It's going up. The, the strategy of let's spend less over time on ads probably isn't a good strategy, probably isn't a good long-term way to build a company. But if you're better at remarketing, better at closing people that visit your store or visit your detail pages on Amazon, then you can be more aggressive at the top of the funnel. And if you're better at getting people to buy more and more often, you can spend more at the top of the funnel. So a few things we like to do, reorder campaigns, that's where we look at, hey, if someone should buy every 30 to 60 days and they haven't, let's remind them. And so here's an example, Live Bearded, awesome brand. So if they haven't bought their beard product in 30, 60 days, we're gonna run an ad across Google encouraging them to buy. I also love this, bought X, not Y. So if someone has bought our moisturizer, but they haven't bought our mascara, maybe they don't know what we offer, maybe we emailed, maybe they didn't see it. So we're gonna run an ad for them promoting our mascara if they've purchased moisturizer. This is usually one of the most cost-effective campaigns out there, highly recommend it. If you bought beard products, but not a beard trimmer, We'll say the beard trimmer. All right, number five, we're gonna wrap up right here. So YouTube top of funnel. I love YouTube ads. I've been talking about YouTube since like 2017. Quick show of hands, how many guys are running YouTube ads? Not YouTube organic, but YouTube ads? Okay, that was, yeah, that's like the fewest hands of anything yet, which makes sense. Uh, YouTube is a little bit different. It's not the easiest nut to crack. YouTube ads are just slightly different. A couple things. One, you have to say enough in your ad. So it's not like Facebook where maybe the video can just be the scroll stopper and then you've got text above the video to really do the selling and convincing. With YouTube, the ad has to do everything, right? The ad has to carry the day. We found as the sweet spot, like the ideal link of a YouTube video, if you're trying to get conversions, is a minute and a half to three minutes. Now, we've seen as low as 45 seconds work. We've seen as high as seven or eight minutes for an ad work, believe it or not. One exception is YouTube Shorts, and we're seeing a lot of success on YouTube Shorts. Those have to be under 60 seconds, but in general, that's the sweet spot. Important thing to keep in mind is that the story, what you say, how you say it, how compelling are you, how interesting are you, what's the pace of your ad? That's more important than the production value. So you don't need to go out and spend 20, 30, 50, 100 grand on an ad 
We like to tell people, dial in the message first, make sure that you've got the right hook, the right offer you're targeting, the right audience with a simple ad, and then you can begin to iterate. But what's really, really cool, so YouTube is maybe hard to dial in, but once you find it, once you find the combination of ad, audience, campaign structure, we've had the same ad. We, this, we've seen this for Native, for Boom, bunch of others. A winning ad can run for a year or more. Same ad. And a lot of that's because Google's audiences or YouTube's audiences refresh all the time. But this isn't like TikTok, and I'm a fan of TikTok, but uh, it's not, YouTube isn't that creative hungry once you find things that are working. So I'm gonna show you a couple of ads. We won't play all of them, but I wanna show you a couple ads that, that have done really well on YouTube to illustrate the point. So this is Overtone Color Depositing Conditioner. Let's give this a watch. Here we go. This is insane. This is so bright. It doesn't really matter what your hair type is. A product like this is going to work for you no matter what. Today, I am dyeing my hair for the first time with Overtone. It's a semi-permanent color depositing conditioner. It's vegan. It's moisturizing. It's really, really easy to use. I'm going to put my hair in like six sections. I applied it on my dry hair. You want to make sure that you are fully saturated. Okay, so that's good. So let's talk about that for a minute. One, I love the energy, right? It starts with, with the girl saying, eee, I'm gonna color my hair today, right? It shows pictures of guys and girls with the product in their hair. Pink, green, blue, like whatever, whatever you're looking for, you can go gray or brown too. And, and so if you're thinking, mm, I'd kinda like to do that. Now you're seeing people excited and you're seeing people doing it. It shows that it's easy. It shows that it's healthy for your hair. It shows that it's vegan and cruelty free, right? It just makes it seem like I could do that. And then it shows like a, a, a quick walkthrough of how to do it. Now, that did have some production value, but those were mostly real customers and those were mostly influencers. And they were able to get those videos, chop them up, add some fast-paced music, add some fast-paced cuts, and that ad is cranking. Now, this one's a little simpler. This is for Live Bearded. Live Bearded has some higher production quality videos that we run to, but this one is super simple. So I'm gonna show a little bit of it. You could recreate something similar to this. So here we go. Without products, with products, before products, after products. My beard without products. My beard with products. Without products. With products. Without products. With product. If you're considering trying Live Bearded products, I wanna take just a couple of minutes to walk you through these products, demonstrate first. So super simple in that um, basically, you know, you're, you're just seeing before and after, right? So without product, with product. How simple is that? But it illustrates the point. They look better, they look put together with the product in their beard. And then, and then Spencer, he's one of the owners, he just shot that in his bathroom with an iPhone. Here are three ways to adjust your beard care, your beard grooming sequence. Simple ad. And it works, and we've been running that ad forever. Now, here are a couple case studies. They got a free bonus, and then we'll wrap up. So, a large hair care brand. Uh, we worked with them. They were a large six-figure spinner on Facebook, did TV ads, could never get YouTube to work. And so we worked with them. We helped them modify the creative. We revamped the campaigns, and then grew that into uh, their number two source of new customers, so outpacing everything except Facebook. Now, we had another brand, and this is where I wanna, I wanna tie in a couple things related to Amazon really quickly. So we had another brand, and they were a large spender on YouTube, but when iOS 14 hit, they paused YouTube because they had to figure out tracking and stuff, and we were also running all their Amazon. And so when they did that, when they paused YouTube, over the coming weeks, uh, we saw that branded searches, searches for their brand name on Amazon, dropped in half. And we since have gotten them back, they're running, things are, things are great. But during that process, YouTube went down, Amazon went down. 
right? Because Amazon was dry, or Google was, YouTube was driving Amazon business. Now, I'm a big fan of infomercials. I don't know what it is about them. I love them. I remember the Ginsu knife commercials from the early, I think they're actually from the 80s, but I actually did a, a great podcast with my buddy Jordan Pine, and he's, a, he's like a veteran of the direct response TV industry, so we talk about this. But uh, if you've ever wondered, like, how do those products work? Like, what's the math behind these products? Because these products, whether it's like a potato peeler, like the tack light you run over with your Humvee or whatever, you know, whatever it is, Ginsu knives that cut through bottles and stuff. Um, how does that work? Because they're pushing the phone number, right? Like, hey, call in, you know, get this whiz-bang offer. Or they mention a website or whatever. This is actually the, the stat. So only about 20% of people call in. Makes sense, right? I mean, any millennials out there, like, of course, I'm never going to call. But you're probably not going to buy from an infomercial either. Uh, website, only about 30% of people do that. But 50%, and this is not mentioning Amazon. This is just running an infomercial. 50% of the sales will come from Amazon. Quick stat, we noticed this with True Earth Laundry Detergent Strip. Once we got to a little over 50K a month in YouTube spend, we started to see everything else lift. Shopping went up 300%. Search and remarketing went up 80%. And so, you know, the direct click and buy from YouTube was quite small, but it lifted everything else. And so if you're running YouTube, you're going to see sales boost on Amazon. Last thing, I think the best way to learn is to watch other great ads. So this is a guide I put together. Some of our favorite YouTube ads, I break down why they work and kind of the formula behind it. This does not require an opt-in. This will get you right to the PDF with links to the ads. So you can watch those and learn from them and be inspired by them. And with that, that's my podcast. That's my email address. I'll be around. I would love to chat. You guys have been fantastic. Thank you so much.